listening to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch, episode 515. My name's Dave, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Wayne, as we continue our discussion of the Fox Sci-Fi series Fringe. So, dude, uh, you are on summer break, which is good. Uh, yep, I am. You working? Um, actually, I am tomorrow. Okay. Um, it's funny, you just said, I'm going to talk about watching John Wick, and that's like when they're on an assignment, they just go, you working? Everything. So I am working, but not like John Wick is. Um, tomorrow I'm going in for some curriculum writing stuff. Uh, so I have to actually like you know wake up in the morning and stuff. Yeah. Um, oh, wow. And then I'll, I'm going to do uh, the week after that, I'm doing a lacrosse camp. And then I'm actually doing like a book club through school and everything that uh, I'm gonna, they're paying me to do and everything. And another lacrosse camp later. So I'm actually pretty, pretty busy this, this summer, so which is good. Neat. So book club, what are you guys reading? Nicholas Sparks? Uh, no, it's um, we are we are not from here. I think it's called. I've, I've not, I haven't. I've heard of yeah. I've heard of it, but I don't know what it's about. I love the title. Yeah, we are not from here by Jenny Torres Sanchez. Okay. So I don't know anything about it except that it is, I believe, on the approved list for Howard County uh, schools and we're going to read it and talk about it and I guess maybe or maybe we're recommend maybe to see this might be to see if 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 this book can you know move on to be uh, become a part of the actual curriculum so I don't know that really told us a lot I'm guessing I'm guessing it's not on the uh, approved list in Florida and and here I I said I wasn't going to get <laughs> there political you go. so you went uh, did anyway all right, but I do have a rant, okay. and you know I mentioned the, the my little earbud rant before we started recording, which was minor. Um, you know, a, as you know, I'm a Mac guy through and through. I've owned a Windows machine or two, and you know I don't want to get into the Mac versus Window argument at this point. But I, I've also worked on Macs for a long time. I've, you know, uh, taken care of of student computer labs that had no protection on the software on the computer. So, you know, you turn teenagers loose on a machine, anything can happen. So so I guess what I'm getting at is I've really encountered virtually every software and hardware problem known to man on Macs you know, back I started in 1984 to be quite honest with one of the first Macs where the where the operating system was actually on a floppy disk um that said, that said okay I like I like listening to my podcasts on an old iPod of course Apple makes uh iPods no longer and okay fine and right. I was just looking I, it up to see what you were talking about. I, I Googled it real quick. So, Okay. So, um, you know, with the new, and when I say new, the last couple of years, Apple operating systems, they, they did away with iTunes and they split it up. You've got music app and you've got a podcast app. All right, fine. But I'm getting all of my podcasts onto my iPod via one of my older laptops that's still running itunes gotcha easy easy peasy right as my wife said well when it's new shouldn't it be easier you would think not with apple yeah so i had a 
my laptop go down this week and you know it's currently in pieces and now it's to the point where now it's just a pride thing (laughs) i'm i'm gonna get to the bottom of it even though i don't really need that that computer but so anybody out there that can tell me how to get podcasts from my macbook air onto my ipod nano please post it in the facebook group and and don't tell me to plug it in and sync it i yeah i've tried all the obvious stuff so i think probably what you need to do is just get a podcast app on your phone and listen to it that way like the rest of the world well you know and and that is you know i i certainly can listen on my phone I, i i do a lot of my listening in bed and I, I guess, you know, if I just put the iPhone under my pillow, I guess nothing's going to happen to it. But so I can do that. But again, that's not what I want to do. I want to do that. And I understand that after a while, certain things are not supported, updated anymore. And you just got to give up the ghost, throw that one away and move yeah. on. And I get that. And that might be this time. So. Well, anyway, you know, we are, and you are a little older than me, and certainly not necessarily 100% members of the throwaway culture that kind of evolved in America, or okay, worldwide, I should say, um, certainly in the 80s and 90s. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know about you, but I'm still like the person, like, you know, like, if that thing works, then let's keep using it. You know, like I'm not just going to get rid of something just because there's something newer around that I could go buy. I don't want to buy the new thing. I want the thing that works that's old. You know, so I, I get that. But uh, that that was a hard time when I, I realized that my iPod that just was really no longer a part of my life. You know, that was that was that was a little sad for me. Anyway, uh, assuming you don't have any uh, sad tales to tell, you, you want to tell us what you've been watching? <laughs> I'll, I'll well, sorry, I'm going to do a little dad bragging first because my daughter, okay. my younger daughter today just was named for uh, Max Field Hockey as one of the top 100 players in the country for her graduation year. So um, that was a, a very exciting moment for, for all of us. So um, ran right the cusp of my older daughter going away to start her uh, field hockey career and uh, and actually Fred uh, my my older daughter is going to play field hockey at Monmouth University and her uh, roommate is going to be one of your country women I guess I should say she's from the Netherlands so so that's pretty exciting stuff um, excellent other than that what I'm watching I did mention uh, before John Wick uh, I had pre-ordered the fourth blu-ray for the see like, like we just talked about right like old like older stuff i still order blu-rays because when i have the blu-ray i know it's not going anywhere that uh, you know amazon can't all of a sudden just take it away and not have it available to me anymore if i have the the hard copy right here so i i had pre-ordered uh, the fourth john wick movie and forgotten about it, totally forgot because it did like maybe a month and a half ahead of time uh, something came in the mail for me. I'm like, what? I don't, what did I order? You know, I'm like, maybe, oh, maybe someone sent me something for Father's Day or something. And uh, I opened it. It's like, ooh, the new John Wick. But uh, so, I, of course, I had to go back and do a rewatch of the previous three movies. So I just finished movie number three last night. So tonight, I think, is the first night to watch the new John Wick. So it's very, very exciting. I know those movies are for everyone. They are incredibly violent. 
but that's the point. Like the violence is, and we've talked about this with other shows before, where it's almost you know like like a there's this I guess balletic uh, aspect to the violence. You know, like it's like a like a dance. There's a very strictly choreographed. No CGI or anything like that. So when they actually had a dog, I'm sorry, a fight that involved like dogs being involved in the fight was incredible. It's even more incredible to think that there's no CGI going on here. This is just actual people, actual dogs going at it. It was so uh, admire of them. Not necessarily admire of the, you know, I mean, it's all the guns and there's a lot of guns and everything. But uh, I don't know. I just have to try and try and uh you know reconcile my uh, love for these movies and my hatred for gun culture which i don't know if the two things the new season of strange new worlds came out last week which is very exciting episode one was great so looking forward to that also the new season of black mirror so you know when it always when it rains it pours with us dave you know like all of a sudden just like there's all these new shows coming out all at the same time so uh I've watched the first episode of Stranger Worlds and the first episode of Black Mirror, and both of them were really good. So, looking forward to those. Cool. Well, yeah, it's funny you mentioned John Wick. Uh, you, as you know, with Roku, anytime you pause it, and I get it's the same with DirecTV these days, five seconds later, some sort of screensaver comes on, which, okay, is fine, but they're really pushing John Wick 4. Mm-hmm. And my wife's like, what's John Wick? What is it? Is that something we want to see? I'm um, like, no, <laughs> we don't want to see John Wick. So don't knock um, it till you try it, man. Yeah, well, I should say she doesn't want to see. It. I can guarantee that. But yeah. anyway, bef- before I get into what I'm watching, I meant to do this at the top of the show. Uh, we've decided we're going to at least start with season two of Foundation when it drops in July. But we also decided to go ahead and finish our run with season two of fringe before beginning foundation. So foundation will be dropping one episode a week. So we'll be a little bit behind when we start, but you know, you and I talked about it. We feel like fringe deserves to not be interrupted. Sure. And you know, yeah, it's just too weird to like, just stop. And go, but I know in, in the, the future, right. That it won't matter. Cause you know, all the episodes will be available once people can listen to them whenever, but yeah, just we're 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 into it now, right? Yeah, so. right, and, and especially with all of the information about Peter and what Olivia knows, and and what Nina knows, and what Nina knows that Olivia knows. So yeah, yeah. So now I mentioned last time that my wife and I are watching the Swedish crime drama Maria Wern. And I, I also mentioned how we stumbled across this, and and it was on. Uh, PBS, which we get through Amazon Prime, and there they call it Murder in Sweden. So we got to see what actually are seasons five and six, even though they called it seasons one and two. All right, we love the show. Um, How do we get more? So we found that free app that you sign up through your library called Hoopla. Great. So we watched five and six, but now we'll go back and watch ep- seasons two through four. So season one, still not available. Season seven and eight, still not available. So I learned that season one was actually a four-part miniseries to introduce the characters, the storyline, and all of that. Can't find it anywhere. 
Really? I do find it, though, on Daily Motion. You've been to Daily Motion, I would think. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So for some reason, somebody uploaded episodes two through four with English subtitles on Daily Motion. All right, great. Well, what about episode one? You? Right. <laughs> so I find episode oh, one man. on YouTube, but it's only in Swedish with Swedish subtitles. So we gave it a crack. My wife put the uh, kibosh on that pretty early. We just skipped ahead to episode two, and it was fine. So what about season seven and eight, you say? Well, I discovered there is another streaming service, because we needed another streaming service, called Viaplay, which you can get through Roku for like six bucks a month. And it's really, I guess, heavy on the Scandinavian series. So, all right, great. Season seven and eight, which will allow us to then be up to date with Maria Wern. So that's where we are. We'll see if we end up keeping it. We're on our seven-day free trial. That uh, is a lot right. of work right there, man. For the, yeah. Oh, yeah. hey, so, seven-day uh, free trial? Like if you and Mary have separate, like, oh, actually, it's not Amazon. <clears throat> right. But you could, so, get, like, you could use a different, like, email and get a, another account like after your yeah your first seven day trial is done if you uh, need another seven days well that was our plan with netflix when we got that way back (laughs) we were just going to get it for a week (laughs) anyway um all right well why don't we get to fringe um that's a a lot of watching a lot of uh, complaining about technology so i I think uh, i'm ready you're ready they're ready uh episode 16 of season two titled olivia in the lab with the revolver written by matthew pitts this is his first fringe episode and it's interesting i learned that he started his career as jj abrams assistant on the film cloverfield i don't know if you ever saw that it was i mean i obviously i know cloverfield but i've never seen it actually okay yeah and actually i saw the uh, second one as well which was yeah it was it was good uh directed by brad anderson this is his sixth fringe episode including there's more than one of everything aired on april 8th 2010 so you know it's funny uh fred will tell us what he thinks about this episode later in the feedback section for me it's really an interesting episode because i get what fred's saying and i don't you know i don't want to jump the gun uh, it was not one of his favorite fringe episodes, yeah. uh, I think, to say the least. I can't disagree but, with him necessarily on that one, but it was all right. Right, but there was but there was so much interspersed in you know that that storyline, and again, it gets back to all right, how far is too far for our suspension of disbelief when it comes to fringe? Yeah. Well, the, you, you know, know, every now and then, fringe will put throw an episode at us that really tests how far they can go. I think this is definitely one of them. Right. I mean, you can travel between universes, but you right. can't contract cancer yeah. via touch. Right. All right. That's all right. Out of fine. I get it. But, but Walter's quote later, I, I think for me says so much about this episode. When you open your mind to the impossible, sometimes you find the truth. We know what he's talking about literally at that point but obviously we've got that undercurrent of peter's reality and everybody knows the truth 
except Peter. Right. I mean, Astrid doesn't, but obviously Nina does. Yeah. And that was a great scene that she has uh, with Olivia. But yes. I, I, I just... But not in the lab. Yeah, right, not in the lab, not with a revolver. But um, for me, Olivia's growth is one of the things that, that really strikes me in this episode. And early on when she goes to Sam to ask for help, I, I mean, it's it's just great because we see she can't sleep. We see her, I think, at least three individual instances where she's at her apartment and she's got a drink in her hand. Mm-hmm. And, she, and she's not having a glass of rosé. No. Um, I'm not sure whether it's bourbon, whiskey, whatever, but it's, it's what we call caramel colored. Yeah. yeah. And she's not falling down drunk. I mean, she's focused on her work, but, but this just seems so out of character for her. So it, it's almost like she knows instinctively, I need help. I trust Sam. And, and again, when we go back to the meetings she had with him in the past where she was like extremely skeptical about whether or not he was going to be able to help her. And now there's this easy repartee that the two have. And while it's not like she has with Peter where, you know, there's certainly a flirtatious element, you know, that doesn't happen with Sam. It's like two friends that, that know they can kind of stick the needle in a little bit Mm -hmm. and, and, it's going to have a positive outcome rather than negative. Yeah. Well, I mean, she totally trusts Sam and we understand definitely why. I mean, like, you know, she was walking with a cane and all of a sudden he tricked her into walking without one, you know? And, and, and so all her disbelief at that point kind of flooded away when it goes to Sam. And, and, you know, I, I like what Fred said about his name. I don't, I don't know if I've ever picked up on that before. You know, his name is Sam Vice, but it's like his, like wise, right? It looks like they're wise. He's certainly a wise person. It's very shamanistic type character. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's clear she needs his help. She's even smiling as she's talking to him. He knows the problem right away is that she feels she made a wrong decision. And, you know, I love that he brings up the reality of her situation, which is you make life and death decisions every day. I sense I sense that's what this is all about, and then she tells him that she agreed to keep a secret, and you know he's like, "You're a good person, I know that." And and that look on her face when he says that, you, you feel like that's going to be what's going to give her, I, I guess, the power to do what she feels is the right thing to do, and and you know maybe it is. But a lot of stuff happens in between, yeah. for sure. Well, that's, um, you know, that, like, this, you know, watching this episode, really, like, this was happening to me, like, a couple weeks ago. Like, for just, for some reason, I would, like, just, like, at three in the morning, I would be, like, wide awake. Just out of nowhere. And I could not get back to sleep. And that just bleeds over into so much of your life. You know, this, like... Like you're 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 like tired during the day, but like you know you're frustrated, angry, and you don't understand why this is happening and everything. So, you know, I, that's that's awesome that she actually has like, you know, a guy that she can go to that can help her out because it's such a it's so frustrating when you're dealing with insomnia like that. It's just 
the worst. Well, it's not the worst, but it's pretty. It's pretty bad, and it you know you're, you're, the frustration you're feeling about it just makes it worse, right? Because the next night you go to bed, you're like, oh, "Am I going to wake up at three in the morning again?" And then you do, and that just you know it just compounds one against the other. So, you know, it's 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 great that uh, you know Sam is able to kind of work her through this stuff. Well, yeah, and, and then we see later in the episode she's got a drink in her hand going over files at her table we see the clock it's around i think it's after midnight and there's a knock on the door you know i i think most of us if the phone rings or the doorbell rings and it's midnight it's generally not something positive so she does what any normal person would do in her situation she goes for her gun looks looks out the peephole and then she puts the gun aside because i guess she doesn't want to open it even for sam holding a gun um i detected you needed company and he's got the game of clue which again is perfect given what it is she does but but he does a certain amount of detective work as well trying to detect what it is she needs and which is actually i don't know if like other countries have the game clue so like when Fred was expressing some chagrin with the title, it's 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 because it's all related to this board game that I don't know if it is an international type thing. But if you didn't know like that, you know, clue involved you making guesses of the you know, you have like three cards, right, in, in the middle that one's a person, one's a weapon, one's a room. You have to figure out what room, what what person, what weapon. So that's what the, the title refers to. But I would, uh, you know, I, I, when I heard Fred talking, I'm like, oh, you know, the clue might not be. It might just be like, you know, something in, in, we have over here in the States. And then that would make this title kind of seem very stupid. Well, I think Alan mentions that they have it in the UK. Okay. With with a slightly different title. But, uh, but, but yeah, and, and I, I think more than anything, he senses she just needed company and, and, I don't mean to make light of somebody needing company and somebody else recognizing that and putting themselves out because that's a pretty big deal. But again, given everything we see in the fringe environment, it, you know, it's on, it's easy, I think to, you know, let that slide, but why does Olivia back away from telling Peter the truth? Because at the beginning, she's all about, I'm going to tell him, Walter, there's nothing you can say to dissuade me. And then we get to the end of the episode. I'm not going to tell him you were right. And he's like, well, okay, but I'm going to tell him. Like, well, okay. So what is it that happens in this episode that leads Olivia to back away from telling Peter? I mean, I, I'm not really sure. Is it, just, is it the interactions the two of them have as they're riding in a car? Because early on, you know, when Walter and Peter arrive at the crime scene and, and Walter's talking about a father-son skiing trip and, you know, they come upon Olivia and right away Walter's demeanor changes because he sees the glum look on Olivia's face. Agent Dunham doesn't want to hear about our trip. Yeah. And he's right. He's right. He is 100% point. right. Very perceptive of Walter. Right. But later as Olivia and Peter are riding in the car and we get that great scene where he's like, all right, we need to address the elephant in the room here. We almost kissed, but we didn't. Right. So 
I don't want to do anything to jeopardize this family unit that we have. So there it is. It's out there. Uh, we, you know, we saw what we thought we saw, which was an almost kiss. Right. And the irony is that ain't what's bugging her. Right. And, <laughs> no. and the, the further irony is not just that, that he doesn't know, obviously has no clue at all what's bothering her, but that what he says is like the advice she wanted to hear, you know? Like, she's like, oh, right. Yeah. Like, don't break up this family. If I tell Peter the truth, it's going to destroy this family. And he just told me that's what he doesn't want. So, you know, that throws kind of like a wrench in her, her plans here, you know? <clears throat> Makes right. her question so, more whether, you know, because she's she's not sure, right? She thinks, I would, like she even says, I would want to know. Okay, good point. I probably would too. But is that the right thing to do. Like she's struggling because she wants to do the right thing. And that's not always an easy thing to figure out. Right. Because on the one hand, you could make a very loose um, connection to what it might be like for a parent hiding the fact that the child that they've been raising as their own all this time has actually been adopted and you know, how, how that might change the dynamic between parent and child and, 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 you know, again, without there's many schools of thought on that, I'm sure I, this is way worse. And we get that. And she gets that, but Walter, you saved his life. He'll understand. And without thinking ahead, because, uh, you know, look, and then we talk about, well, we remember this, but we don't remember that. I mean, you know, I, I think we can kind of conceive of how Peter will react if and when yeah, he learns well, the you truth. Know, it's, and it's one thing for Olivia, she hears this story and she's not Peter, right? So that's one thing. She's having this story revealed to her as an outside observer. But Peter is not, right? When Peter hears this story, he, he understands that this is something that was done to him. And who knows how he'll react? I mean, she's right in thinking that, well, most right-minded people, considerate, thoughtful people would understand everything that Walter did you know, was he didn't do it out of you know selfishness or slightly out of pride, but he could leave that part of the story out. That he did what he did to try and save Peter's life. He had no intention of bringing Peter back. That's just how things kind of worked out because it was a very, you know, a specific unfortunate set of of, of, of consequences and circumstances that took place. But you know, when it's your story and you're learning that you were taken from your original family. You know, as we mentioned before, too, there's probably like tons and tons of things, including Walter having to convince Peter that he is what he is thinking or what he is experiencing before was not real. That probably had an impact on Peter back then. He's probably not too pleased about. So, you know, I can see how it could go either way. Yeah. And, you know, that whole idea of how they gas lighted him as a child or did they just blame it on the fever and and that sort of thing which is probably far more likely 
But once they get to the the medical examiner to check out the first body and the ME is a former student of Walter's and is just ecstatic to you know, reconnect with his mentor. Your father's a great man. And again, it, it's one of those little things in this episode that for me is not so little and that, okay, fine. The premise of the crime, and I'm making air quotes, is relatively preposterous. Uh, all right, fine. I, I, we could say that about a lot of things yeah. in Fringe, the X-Files, uh, you know, any of a number of this genre of show. But I, I think that that the writers are trying to, to get the point across, particularly to Olivia in the moment, and perhaps Peter for the future, that your father's a great man. And that, as you said a minute ago, you know, his intention was not to steal you away. The situation, you know, led to some unforeseen consequences. And, you know, here we are 30 years later and, you know, what to do about it. Um, you know, who knows? Olivia, uh, Olivia drops Peter off at home. And he's like, you know, you want to come in? Well, you know. What does he say? Noodle about yeah, or something? Yeah, uh, like, noodle it out or noodle it over or something like that. Right, yeah. and, and and get a pizza. And he's, you know, the look on his face. I don't think he thinks there's a chance in hell she's going to decline. And when she does, we understand why she right. does. But he doesn't. And he doesn't. And he takes it in stride. Uh, now, to be fair, we do know she hasn't been sleeping. That right. was true. She's been consuming, I don't want to say a fair amount of liquor, but yeah, yeah I don't think a fair think amount. You, to, 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 to judge her too much on that, you know, but. Right. I mean, she turns down the, the offer of a beer at 630 in the morning. Right. See? She <laughs> and then when she gets the call. And that would have been, that would have been the part where, part where she showed it. Right. But, you know, I mean, their relationship, Peter and Olivia, it's getting better. And, and, and again, he, like we said, he has no idea what the real problem is. The kiss is not the problem. So it's, it's all about her working this out. And, and that's what she's got Sam there to help her with. Walter is, I mean, we've talked about Walter. And the more we learn about his past, and the things he did, the things he was willing to do and, and not worry about consequences, um, you know, whether he should have gone out to the lake that night and opened up a portal, you know, to, to save the other Peter. Well, that's pretty debatable, given, as we said last week, OK, you to help one person, you're putting two entire worlds at risk. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough sell. It's it's but, a tough sell to to continue saving the person, right? <laughs> you know? Right, exactly. And you know, so so this is a scientist. So does he do it out of pride to see whether I can do it? Yeah. Because I'm there's, pretty damn sure I can. I there's a fair amount of that going on. Yeah. So, um, you know, so then we go through the you know again, and I understand the 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 problems with this episode where, uh, you know, the the preposterous nature of the story um i'm pretty sure cancer can't be 
transferred via touch. Yeah. Ah, oh, but are you familiar with chi? The touch of death. Yeah. Walter, <laughs> that's not a thing. <laughs> well, it, it's a very funny Simpsons episode where uh, Bart is uh, takes uh, karate lessons and he's taught the touch of death, which uh, just really has his thumb and, and pinky finger that he kind of waves at someone making a noise and then of course when he goes to you and the bullet use it on the bully he gets uh he gets beat up it's pretty bad oh. so uh but other than that i've not really heard of the uh the touch of death though so yeah. uh, it's funny you mentioned the simpsons because I, I i you know what cultural reference doesn't make its way onto the simpsons the very some, very little yeah somehow my wife was reading about queen victoria and and her famous comment we are not amused and of course, that made its way into The Simpsons as well as uh, Monty Python from back in the seventies. So, well, and, and the one of, you know, that great Doctor Who episode where the Doctor and uh, I think Rose uh, go, you know, to the um, back to Victorian England. They meet Queen Victoria, and they they keep asking her, like, "Does that?" amuse you <laughs> you know, like they're trying to get her to <laughs> yeah. say it the whole time she never does it's so funny oh nice yeah. i forgot about that yeah it's great yeah. it's so funny well you know we've talked a lot about memories and and the the issues that characters have with memories and we've talked about olivia as a cortexafan child and now as an adult and her inability to remember that portion of her life well apparently the others don't remember it either i mean why doesn't the lawyer in the opening scene remember jacksonville i'd find maybe you don't remember this guy i think he tells her his name is neil at that point yeah i kept calling him neil in my notes i forget something james heath yeah eventually that's his real name yeah well i think she probably didn't remember it because she was still so concerned about when they stole the Declaration of Independence, that that kind of shoved all the rest of that out of her head. All right, now I know what that's a reference to. The actress What's Diane it? Kruger. She was the. Uh, oh, that's Diane. That was Diane. That Kruger? was Diane Kruger. Yeah. Ah. Oh, yep. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I'm thinking like, all right, she looks familiar, and I didn't look her up. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. 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 Very. Must have been early because she's done some big stuff since then. But yeah. Um, yeah, that was awesome. I just, I like it's one of those things that obviously I didn't catch it back then because I don't even know if the National Treasure movies had even been out yet. Probably not. Obviously, she doesn't, she doesn't, you don't go to Fringe after doing National Treasure, right? But, um, but yeah. Oh, oh, bite your tongue there. Um, but, you know, okay, now this is not a political rant. It's just a, a comment on something, you know, that I saw tonight on the news as, as you know, commentators are talking about um, Donald Trump and, and what his defense is going to be that, well, you know, I was the president. These documents are all mine. And one of them said, so like in National Treasure, if he just says the Declaration of Independence is mine, I'm taking it. Can he get away with it? Well, I, I think yeah. I think and I know we we said we wouldn't do politics, but I just had one thought. It's going to be difficult okay. for Donald Trump to stand in the courtroom and say everything the prosecution said about me—they're lying. It's all made up. It's a witch hunt. I don't know how well it's going to go over with the uh, the judge. It goes over really well with his base. I don't think it's going to work with the judge. And and so far, when that's been your your defense uh, for everything, eh, it's going to be tough to throw that one out in the courtroom. You know. 
Right. Anyway, but back, yeah, back to the Cortexafan <laughs> kids and, and not being able to remember their experiences at the school, you know, where, where they were, you know, being experimented on. Uh, the other interesting thing we, we learn about this lawyer is that she basically works to protect those who couldn't protect themselves. And that's the core of Olivia's issues with Walter. I mean, aside from the fact that, you know, she's learned the truth about Peter, uh, you know, we were defenseless children and look what you did to us. And it, it's almost as if this lawyer, maybe she doesn't really remember the specifics of what was done to her in Jacksonville and the trials, but instinctively, I know I need to help people who can't help themselves. And, and that's apparently right. the career she's made for herself. Well, and that's even later. So, Sam tells Olivia, he says, you're a soldier, a protector. So right. you know, we see that, that theme you know, throughout. Right. And, you know, whether or not we're going to revisit the Cortexafan kids, that's, one, again, one of those things I don't really remember. But I, I sense we were, will because we need to learn, well, who's trying to activate them? Right. And then the other thing we learn is that there were trials in Worcester as well as Jacksonville. And I don't know if we knew that before. Maybe we did, but I don't remember. So I can't remember. So that, that's a lot of kids. I forget if they said a number, I I feel like 40 sticks out in my mind, but um, But actually you say like Worcester. Yeah, exactly. So, right. So, I'm assuming we'll revisit that somewhere down the road. I almost don't see how we we can't. Well, yeah, the the cortex effect definitely is. I mean, you know, they have to come back to this, right? I mean, these sure. kids were, you know, basically being trained to be you know soldiers in this quote unquote war uh, between the two worlds. So, and we know that that's coming, right? I mean, obviously, yeah. it's coming. So, yeah. Well, we mentioned Clue and Sam bringing the game over, and he mentioned something about a difficult time forming relationships, and that's the light bulb moment for Olivia. And the next thing you know, she's knocking on the bishop's door in the middle of the night. Peter's wearing a bathrobe when he answers it, and she's got that list of kids from her Jacksonville days. From I, I guess she probably copied them down from the, you know, the. Uh, the wall where you know they were making marks for how tall each child was right. but then the question all right why is he killing cortexafan kids and you know okay obviously that's a question at that point we learn that well i mean yes well we do learn why he's killing them and and it's a you know on the one hand we can say well it's selfish on neil's part or james's part which is certainly true, but I guess after you kill your sister so you can get better, it gets easier. Right. But see, that one he, it was an accident, right? But all the others sure. are very purposeful. So, I mean, this guy yeah. is a, he's a straight-up serial killer, and he's, he's you know, so in the end when he's like, we're, you know, we're supposed to, after they capture him, finally we're supposed to feel some measure of sympathy for him. I, like, I have none. You know, like this guy, like, I feel bad about your sister, dude, but like, there's lots of other people that you killed on purpose just so you could continue to live. Like, that's just super wrong. Yeah. And, 
you're not like John Wick where, you know, one bullet probably does the job. These people are dying horrible deaths. Oh my gosh. Right. Um, so sometimes it takes a couple bullets for, for Wick to finish a guy off, but yeah, finish well, them off, a, he does. Yep. Olivia confronts Nina about whether or not there's a list. And as Olivia tells her, yeah, there's pretty much not much I believe that comes out of your mouth. So when you tell me there's no list, I'm not sure I think that's the truth. I don't know at this point. I, I, I guess I feel like enough trust has been built up between Nina, yeah, but there's massive still, dynamic. Like, there's still, I know. She's so shifty, man. Like I know, I know. But but Olivia just out and says, I know about Peter. It's just like, right. how about that? Yep. yep. And then she's like, I'm fairly certain you're not prepared to lose him. You came here to have me talk you out of it. Right. Well, you know, pretty astute, uh, actually. I think you know. Yeah, um, subtext. I would say. I mean, certainly she needed the list, or the list would have helped. But uh, Nina is pretty sharp in this regard, and nice. Again, it it goes back to. Oh, I didn't even mean to do. Oh, that, really? But, uh, wow. Well done, Dave's unconscious workings. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but it gets back to what I said at the beginning of the discussion. There's so many of these little scenes in between the absurd touching somebody and giving them cancer and, and, you know, I give you my cancer, you give me your health. All right. Yeah, absurd. But but there's so much other good stuff that, that comes along. And, and uh, she's home again pouring over the files she's got got the drink and then that's when when uh james knocked well actually she she leaves and there's that standoff in the hallway yeah which she I, actually she literally hits him with a candlestick which i yeah, thought was a oh, nice clue touch. nice i was just, oh, I I, even I, I was just hoping like she would have like a rope nearby that she like would throw at him and then like a, a knife she tried to menace him with you know and then uh, a lead pipe suddenly there's a lead pipe there you know if they had done that it would have been but i guess it probably would have taken away from the the seriousness of the, of the scene <laughs> well, but that would have been awesome that's how i would have done it <laughs> yeah and i didn't even catch that that's that's great um but but her reaction she understands immediately who this dude is why on earth does she not go right back into her apartment she gets she allows him to get closer to her the distance between the two is reduced significantly we understand she's not going to shoot him but she also understands all i need to do is go back lock the door call for backup because they're going to be safe they're not cortexafan kids yeah i i, so, I thought she if if i were her i might have just have shot him on site yeah, yeah. i mean like you know why he's there He's not right. there to, exactly. to talk about Jacksonville. He's there to touch you so you die and he lives. Like, and, and I get that she wants more information out of him. I understand that, but I'm, I'm kind of with you on this. And you know, as the struggle is ensuing and she manages to get her phone and call Peter and then we get that great you know, you know, scene later where uh, he's like, oh, you got me on speed dial. Yeah. I'm number one. He, she's like, no, you're not number one, but you know, 
which is it's funny. That's how my mother-in-law, she doesn't know our phone number. She just knows we're number three. So. Yeah. Well, my mom still, uh, when she calls me, she uses her cell phone. And if I don't answer, then she turns her cell phone off. Oh, okay. Because she doesn't, she doesn't know my number, uh, yeah. despite calling me every day, pretty much. But uh, no, you know. oh, see, I thought it was f you for not answering. No, no, mm-hmm. she just doesn't want to waste the battery on her cell phone, so she'll call me. Oh. And so when I see, all right, mom called, like I'll, I'll, you know, hit that on my phone again, and I get a message because she's already, even if I pick, you know, I'm calling her back two minutes after she called me, uh, she's already turned off the phone. Okay. Well, it looks like we've got our second Cortexafan kid put into a coma. That's um, what happened to Nick. Right, right, right. Uh, so he's in a, you know, he's in a um, induced coma. Right. But, but but we've got that that question about who's trying to activate them and for what reason. You know, and then the the final scene when Olivia goes to see Walter, maybe some truths are better left alone. I'm not going to tell him. And then she kind of looks disappointed or maybe confused when Walter says, well, I'm going to. And I, I think we get what Walter's thinking and feeling that is just eating him alive, the not knowing, right. the, the deceit, the deception. But on the other hand, his relationship's never been better. So it's it's got to be just a, a terrible way to live. Right. And, but you know, that's what he said so many times. He keeps saying – I can't lose him again, right? He's saying, and before we were only like moderately sure of what he meant by that. But, you know, now obviously we know. I I guess after a point, you know, Walter has to realize that this is my, my, my reasoning for not telling him is, is fairly selfish. You know, like I gotta tell, he deserves to know. I I can't have the reason I don't tell him to be, I'm afraid of losing him. All right, what else? Oh, well, one thing. Okay, so one thing um, is like Astrid, when they are, um, she's like in front of this big map with like, you know, the, the yarn from one place to another. And I'm pretty sure she has Miranda's picture in her hand that she's posted on the map, but she puts it like right in the middle of the country, like probably like around Ohio or Indiana or something. And Miranda was killed in Rhode Island. Like, she's not even geographically, she's nowhere near. Now, I didn't wind it back to make sure it was Miranda's picture or anything, but it, I think it was everything. But so, um, so Astrid needs to, you know, maybe work on her, you know, geography a little bit. But um, other than that, I, oh, there's this one time when Peter is talking about, like, how much filth we carry on our hands. He just automatically kind of squirts out a gob of hand sanitizer, which would have been probably in 2010 pretty weird but like we totally get that nowadays when hand sanitizer is you know ubiquitous and everything yeah like this guy james heath right i didn't want to hurt anyone is is what he says i'm like well you 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 did though like you you totally did purposefully like and maliciously so um and i think that uh that might be all i got okay all right well let's get to listener feedback and we'll hear from fred in the Netherlands first, and we'll be right back. Hello, Dave and Wayne, and all listeners to Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. This is Fred from the Netherlands with some feedback for the Fringe episode. Olivia in the lab with the revolver. 
Season 2, Episode 16, or according to IMDb, Episode 17. This episode should be called, Really? It already starts with the title, crazy title, and I don't get it why this is the title. And as you know, I often say, okay, it's fringe, but this is even for fringe too crazy. Being touched, getting cancer, being dead within one, two minutes. And although Walter says to the pathologist, who he taught as a professor, keep your mind open to the impossible and you sometimes find the truth, well, okay, but this is going too far. And that you can find the origin of a cancer, especially if it's so widespread, with an ultraviolet lamp, uh, hello, and that you then even can find some prints from that, I mean some fingerprints, also really, really, really? I'm okay that this guy targets Cotexifan kids, and of course that gives an extra nice tension when he tries to touch Olivia more at the end of the episode. What I do like very much is the interaction between Olivia and this Sam Weiss. Weiss is of course in German white, but Weiss you can also pronounce it as a wise man, and I think he's very wise. I think I will give the episode a B, or perhaps because of the Sam Weiss piece a B plus, and that will be all for this time. Really? Fred giving feedback for only two minutes? This is an indication how much really this episode is. Fred, I agree about the meaning of the title, although I, th I think you explained it a little better and, and you know, gave me more, uh, more of a sense of what it actually means when we consider the game of Clue that Sam brings by. Uh, we've talked about the the premise, and, and I guess, like we said, what's going too far on Fringe? Yeah, maybe we've reached that point. Is there but, such a uh, thing? Is the question really? I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, is there too far? I don't know. Yeah. Now you talked about his uh, Weiss Wise yeah. uh, connection. Um, anything else about Fred's feedback? Yeah, I just uh, yeah, like I, I, you know, especially I, the, the science stuff that Fred picked up on. I obviously did not like for me, like how they were like getting his handprint and everything. I'm like, Oh yeah, that, that totally makes sense. That seems per perfectly reasonable. Um, but just shows you my lack of scientific education there. So I would imagine if anyone had just like a modicum of, of scientific knowledge watching this would be almost probably intolerable. It was so, I mean, it was, it was out there for me, like who doesn't really know all this stuff, but yeah, I can imagine. So. Okay. Anything else? I think that's it. Okay. All right. Well, let's hear what Alan in England's got, and we'll be right back as well. Hello, sci-fi TV rewatch people. This is Alan from England here with feedback on the latest Fringe episode, Olivia, in the lab with the revolver. What I'm watching. Well, over here, we've been watching the continuing fallout from a large populist recent uh, larger-than-life blonde leader who divides opinion, who refuses to accept ever having done anything wrong, thinks he should still be in power with a vocal but minority support, and blames any accusation of him as a witch hunt. I'll just leave that there. 
Finished reading Brave New World, really excellent book, glad you recommended it, and I could map many of the notes to the TV uh, series, although not necessarily in the same order they appear in the book. Also, in the TV series, I didn't pick up so much on the names as, as references to historically important figures. In the book, one minority character is somebody Trotsky, Bernard is Marx, and she's not so much Lenina, but Lenina. I guess the Ford founder is he of the first production lines, now being applied so directly to humanity, and rather famous for the Model T. And again, in the book, they have the uh, image of crucifixes with the tops lopped off to make them look like a T symbol. Sadly, it didn't have Gary in it. I've seen the first four episodes of a six-part series called Chosen, made by the people who make Rain, that Danish uh, sci-fi series. And so far, it's pretty good. Excellent leading character who definitely gives as good as she gets and definitely gets all the best lines. And I've watched the first episode of season two of Strange New Worlds. Excellent as ever. I keep expecting certain characters to drop dead, knowing they need to be eventually replaced, ready to join up with the original series. I'm sure the makers are starting to tease me with that. I was sure somebody was going to get it But nope, they've survived for another episode. I've also just watched episode one of Warrior Nun, which for some reason I thought was set in South Korea or something, but looks like it's in Spain. Again, really excellent episode. I'm now just trying to juggle all the different things I'm watching at the same time. To Fringe, Olivia in the lab with the revolver obviously sounds like uh, that game Clue, or Cluedo as it's called in the UK. When that Neil character talks about tracking down some of the kids he went to school with, I'm immediately reminded of uh, Olivia's school and that episode where somebody else was trying to locate other kids from that same uh, experimental area. That infection strikes that lawyer insanely quickly, uh, giving us that classic fringe effect just before the credits, which have gone back to the regular style. Olivia's back to Sam Wise. I'd actually forgotten about him. As she's questioning her judgment about keeping the secret about Peter. Classic Walter story about the secret skiing backside trail. And he tells Peter it isn't for the reason you might think. And then when he describes it, it's exactly for the reason you would think. Just as they run into Olivia. I wonder how many takes it took until the timing of that was so perfect. Walter finds a fan in that student, now doctor, and he finds the starting point of that disease with that black light. Olivia is trying to keep things friendly but professional with a certain distance with Peter, but she still isn't sleeping. We, like Olivia, have great sympathy for Walter's actions now in saving Peter. Now we know the full story, but she can't continue with that secret, or at least not for too much longer. Contagious cancer definitely wouldn't be the strangest thing they've seen, as they remark. And that guy really seems in a bad way, but at first it doesn't appear to have an evil intent, although Walter's theory of tantric chi exchange would indicate he did know what he was doing. Love Peter's little speech about staying together for the sake of their little family unit, including Walter. Sam Weiss turns up, and although not displaying excellent prowess at Clue, dials his detective skills up to 11 when profiling Olivia, especially about the bland clothes, and with the 
taller than I appear remark, which seems rather contrived, but triggers Olivia to remembering names from that height chart from the cortexifan subjects. Olivia begins some verbal sparring at massive dynamic, but Nina's more than a match for her. Olivia identifies the subject about five seconds before he turns up at her place. I like that standoff moment as it then develops into her fight for survival. Olivia in the apartment with a lampstand. And then Olivia in the apartment with a candlestick. At the end, Olivia tells Walter that maybe the secret should be kept, just as Walter then says he's decided to tell Peter himself. It's a blend of Monster of the Week, but framed within the overarching story of the likely imminent disclosure of Peter's history. Another great episode. Take care, Alan from England. Alan, I'm going to have to check out The Chosen. It's, oh, I'm sorry, not The Chosen, just Chosen, I believe. Uh, it's run across my purview for sure, and I'm not sure if the reason I haven't investigated further is because of my experience with the novel The Chosen, which I'm sure you've taught at some point, I would think. Um, no? I don't no? think I've ever done The Chosen, no. I, okay. I know we had it in our, in our room. I always did Night every year, so. Yeah, I mean, it was a great book, but I don't necessarily want to see a series about that. But I get, Alan, that this is not that. Now, we did have the observation of Olivia's dark clothes back in, I believe it was the Nick Lane episode, when, you know, they talk about um, their instructions were to just have black, navy blue, just totally neutral colors but I don't even think they have any tan or anything like that. Just, just really dark, solid colors. So yeah. And, and, and Sam mentions that to her. I don't think I've ever seen you with a primary color, <laughs> which That's a funny now line. you wonder whether down the road we will, because even when she's, you know, going out on a date, um, yeah. she's got the cool leather jacket, yeah. but it's black. Mm-hmm. She's got the cool pants, but they're black. And that, you know, right. no white blouse or, you know, or black. Yeah. Anything else about Allen's? Well, I, you know, I mean, I, I love the uh, the comparison between uh, Boris Johnson and our American albatross in the beginning. Oh, there. nice. Yes. Nicely done, Alan. And, uh, you know, I, I feel like I, I, I did know that Clue was called Cluedo in, in the UK and everything. So um, still wondering whether it's a uh, international type game and everything. I suspect it might be, but yeah. Think that okay. uh, good stuff. Okay. All right, Fred, Alan, thank you guys. I'm going to go A minus. I like this one yeah. despite its flaws. I'm thinking the B plus ish on this. Okay. I could see A minus because you're right. There's a lot of good things that happen here. The but the 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 A story, the monster of the week story is just. I, I think the problem is it's just so pushed to the the background. Like why. It's almost like, why have it, you know? Right. Like, why have the guy running around giving cancer to people? Like, does that help bring out any of the rest of the elements of the story? I, I, I'm i not so sure, you know? So, right. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it does get to be a little absurd. I mean, when you certainly could focus on Walter's son, not really his son, brought from a parallel universe and... But I guess you need some action. You need conflict in there somewhere. So sure. I sure. get it. You know, they could have had like maybe, you know, there's a kid 
going around breaking windows in Olivia's neighborhood. And they're trying to figure out who it is or something, you know, something that'd be a little bit more plausible. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll go a minus B plus on this one then. So sounds good. All right. All right. Um, well, I guess that will do it. Um, you know, it's, uh, you know, it's funny. It's, we get these shows. It's been a while where the episodes are 60, 62 minutes and uh, I mean, we've talked about this before as podcasters, you know, we, we have our taking notes phase and it's almost like you can't really enjoy the episode while you're taking notes, which then of course, you know, leads us to want to do a rewatch once, once we've got the note phase out of the way and you do it the opposite way, right? You watch it straight through the first time. Yeah. And take notes on the second right, because viewing. yeah, because I pick up on on stuff better the second time. Okay, around, but, yeah, that probably makes more yeah, sense. The notes but, part, though, yeah. you're right, is is not like fun. Yeah, but uh, you know, w- w- when there are these 44 minute episodes, you know, back in the day, I think now in American TV we're down to 42 minute episodes, I believe. Um, you know, it makes it a little a little easier, and like we've always said. Fight scenes are always easy as well because you right. don't have to take you too many say, notes yeah, during fight, fight scenes. Right. <laughs> fight scenes and sex scenes, but we don't get yeah. too many sex scenes in Fringe. No. So, all right. Anyway, let's go ahead and leave it there. That'll do it for this episode of Sci-Fi TV Rewatch. Thank you for joining us. Love to hear what you think about Fringe. Anything going on in your genre world, whether you're going to uh, follow Foundation when we pick that up later in the summer. Check out the Facebook group if you haven't already. Sci-Fi TV Rewatch at gmail.com is the way you can contact us. We'll be back next week to talk about the episode titled White Tulip. But until then... Hey, Dave, like, moving my, you know, recording equipment all over the house because now we have all of our children are back in the house, so it's not easy to find a place uh, to record. You know, like, I was up in my one son's room, but it's a freaking disaster area up there come down the basement where my other son resides and it's not looking so great down here but the more i look at this place you know i just want to clear all of this out because you know what i've always wanted a billiard room